Welcome to the Thunderstock Show, a collection of valuable brainstorms to enhance your life, liberty, and pursuit of property. Today is my first self-produced using Amiibo camera, <clears throat> YouTube video audio uh, double pod with my videographer, owner of Forefront Media, white belt in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, overall pretty swell guy, <clears throat> Nathan Dubs slash mullet williams nathan williams thanks for coming on thank you for having me well <clears throat> i'm gonna give you thanks again for helping me figure out how to do uh youtube man oh absolutely how did you get into videography um so i've actually always kind of been around it growing up as a kid i always you know wanted to make videos with like the home camera we had and then just kind of always made videos i actually went semi-viral on youtube probably back in oh man i don't know oh seven oh seven way back yeah um my dad had a little youtube channel for what he was doing and just like a little flip out camcorder yeah. and that's when i kind of got into it then i had a youtube channel probably in sixth grade don't look it up please don't find it i won't um and then it, from there it was just kind of Always wanted a drone, and then a drone led into a camera, and next thing you know, I'm just kind of filming me and my buddies wakeboarding and... Action sports, yeah, just having fun. Yeah, whatnot, just kind of doing cool stuff with it, and um, brought my drone to work one day, and the guys loved it, everyone loved it, it's always cool filming big, heavy equipment, and from there, bred a business, and just kind of been going ever since. So you just turned 21. Yes, I did. How did your first sip of alcohol taste? Um, yes. Um, I don't know if I remember the first sip, but it was, it was good. I believe it was good. First hangover was okay? Um, I'm, I honestly still feel like I'm hurting from it. I drank anything and everything. All right. Well, then what I'll say is get out of your system early because the older you get, the worse the hangovers get. I, I tried to get it hard out of my system very maybe a little before 21 i we we're not gonna edit that out but for legal purposes this is a joke we're somewhat comedians yeah that was that was a joke um but what's impressive is that you had three years of construction so you graduated high school locally to lancaster near ephrata and then you realized pretty early like construction was something of interest to you Mm -hmm. so you had three years doing that right right out of high school until your most recent venture yeah and uh you were telling me before that construction hours were not just nine to five. Yeah, no, never. What was that like? Um, tell me what you did and what your work experience was like. Well, so it was actually a big um, paradigm shift for me. Like, I only ever worked in food and service industry in high school. And, you know, I got a job straight out of high school my senior year, like getting $20 an hour to go do concrete. And Which I is thought, way more than you ever... Yeah, I thought $20 an hour... I mean, I was two years before that working for minimum wage at a pizza shop a yeah. year into it. Never yeah. got a raise at seven twenty-five. Yeah. So $20 an hour to me was life-changing money. Um, I, I don't know. It was, it was, was it tough work? Uh, yeah, it was hard. It was it was a big, big change for me because I never worked hard like that. I didn't grow up working hard around my house or anything like that. Manual labor. Yeah, manual labor was definitely different for me and the hours were roughly like five until 
five, I'd say, was average. And then <laughs> you'll have your five to seven. And that was just for my concrete job. I had far worse hours after that. So you did concrete for a while. And then what did you switch to next? Still in construction. I went from my concrete to I did remodeling as a subcontractor. Um, and then got back kitchens, into- Kitchens, baths. Yeah, kitchens, baths basements basements anything honestly to make money i did snow removal for the season um pretty much just anything that made money and then i got into framing after that Mm -hmm. and yeah that took me until my last job which was excavating excavating okay did that for so a very wide array of uh you know some more residential um home service type construction to Almost heavy machinery. I'd say I like excavating. We have yes, heavy machinery. I've done everything but electrical. Yeah, plumbing. I mean, touch. I've done small amounts of plumbing with baths and yeah, as much as I could do legally, like (laughs) without the yeah, without the license certifications, licenses yet. So, you know, at what? My question for you is, why did you stop construction? Like, what in your head went off? that determine, you know, you're making starting at $20 an hour, presumably the different gigs paid more than 20 working tons of hours, making pretty good money as like a, you know, a younger guy, what kind of set it off for you? Were like, you know, enough, enough of this. I want to start my own company. Well, I've wanted a business since I was maybe, I think 10 years. No, not even. It was Maybe in third grade, I had my first business. So I've kind of always been fascinated by like entrepreneurial journeys from then. And then it was just kind of like, what's the, what business could I start first? Because I'm obsessed with the sport of business. I honestly didn't even care what the business was in. Mm. Um, So as soon as I could get a business with a marketable skill, I had one. Um, And that's, I'm just taking whatever I have right now and just running with it because I just love business and just want to keep growing. So you basically were obsessed with business as a sport from a young age. What other factors environmental, you know, did you have parents that were entrepreneurial or how that was it in your family? Are you the first one? Um, I'd say it kind of came from my dad. Um, well it's, it's somewhat in the family. My uncle owns a restaurant. Um, and then my dad, uh, he when he lost his job with the housing market 08. crash and stuff like that because he wrote mortgages 07, 08, yeah, yeah. 07, 08. um he was just kind of scrambling for the next you know few years after that trying to just figure hustling. out what to do yeah just anything to make ends meet and he got into insurance and then ended up getting into medicare and worked for himself for the last 10 years plus and just kind of watching that subconsciously i was just like obsessed with that and it's it's all I wanted to do and just keep growing. And I definitely a huge part of it was sort of just like the role models I had. Like my boss at my last company was twenty eight. No way. Yeah. For excavating. Yeah. And he super important part in this, like so inspiring and super motivating. No, that's cool. Um and you said one day you randomly just brought a drone to work and were like, Hey, check this out. Yeah. So I, how'd that, I, tell me that story. So I kind of knew that this was a potential outlet for me, um, doing stuff like this. Cause I had an interest in it, but I wasn't a hundred percent sure what that looked like. 
And I was sort of on my way out at the time. I knew I was going to quit um, probably shortly after that. And I just brought the drone to work. Um, just get some cool drone shots. And No one asked you to do it. You just thought, no, hey, this would be fun. I just brought it. Yeah. And received some positive feedback from uh, yeah, your employer and coworkers. Yeah. And I knew I was going to have time to do it at work because I was just, you know, sitting on a roller sort of checked out a little bit yeah definitely checked out and just like sometimes in construction there's times where you just got to sit and wait and sometimes you can't be moving fast enough there's Mm. yeah it's almost either one or the other you're either 100 miles an hour and you can never catch up or you're always behind so you've now been officially forefront your your brand you started when did you start that? We're recording right before Christmas, uh, December 21st of 23. When did you start Forefront? So I, the LLC actually started um, last February. Mm-hmm. And that was going to be a different business. I thought that I was going to have an excavating business and just start work on the side and then slowly branch out and have my own thing. Because I knew I wanted for the last few years to have a business in construction. Mm-hmm. I just wasn't aware of what that looked like. So I changed the name to represent more marketing and, you know, what I do now um, in September of this year. So I'd say that's when it actually started Mm -hmm. um, actively. So September of this year, three months, you know, let's just call it quarter four of 23. Um I got to know you probably around the same time, maybe right before, because we both go to Lancaster Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, and we're on the marketing team. We are, we are the marketing <laughs> yeah. team. And um, I had joined Lancaster Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, I would say beginning of August, right before I had uh, surgery. And uh, <clears throat> Mark's like, you got to meet this kid. Not a kid, you're twenty, but you know, this <laughs> No, I'm very man. much very much a kid in that aspect. So Well, I've got gray in my beard, so to me a lot of people are kids, but you know, here nor there, not to begrudge that point. And I'm like, All right, cool. Like, what are you into? I want to do business. I'm like, All right, you sound very confident in that. And then I had surgery and uh, we came back and this was around the time that I recorded a, a YouTube episode with Mark where he had decided the day before he was going to burn the ships in the harbor and leave his stable W2 employee gig that he had for a while and go all in on building his jiu-jitsu gym. And let's just call that, well, maybe let's call it September 15th. I don't know what the exact date. Could have been later. And between you working with your videography expertise and now your social media management as a part of that package and what I do as a fractional CMO and Mark being probably the ideal client in terms of super responsive, super um, willing to change behavior and just take direction from us. We doubled Lancaster Brazilian Jiu Jitsu within the time that you started your business Uh, from members. I think it was like 73 members to like 162 uh, so far. And I think there was like nine appointments he had yesterday. So it could be higher than, than double at this point pretty well. That's probably a pretty good feeling for your first rodeo. I mean, that was a, that was a huge confidence booster. That was, that will always, (laughs) you know, just change my life. Even though that's not necessarily 
what I'm trying. It's not to, construction. Yeah, it's not construction. It's not necessarily it's what I'm trying to go. It, yeah, I would say so. It 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 just kind of helps solidify like, hey, I can help businesses, and like I can actually do that, and that was a huge confidence booster for mm-hmm. me when I needed it most. The yeah. beginning. Yeah, you had a quick win. Yeah, the beginning. Yeah, because you kind of you're not really sure what your business is, where you're going with it. Like what do you even is you cool. You got your LLC. Now what you go from a entrepreneur. Yeah. Someone that wants to be an entrepreneur yeah. to getting business results that in the market prove that you, you know, you have a business, which was the hardest part for me coming off construction jobs was, you know, I haven't even had this much free time ever, ever. Like for the last few years, nonstop, I'm just sun up to sundown every day working. Yeah. So, when that changes to, you know, it's just more about being patient. No one's saying go to the job site at 5 a.m. Yeah. No one's overseeing you saying, hey, yeah. we need to do these projects, do this, do that. We need you here at this place at this time. It's more yeah. freedom than you've ever had. Absolutely. It was more of a challenge. It's just a challenge. Yeah. So with that being said, you know, you ha- we had this experience with, with a successful client I I had the opportunity to open up my service offering too. Like your ideal thing is construction. Mine is usually small business that do at least a million dollars top line revenue that want to grow um, profitably in a pretty quick period of time. <clears throat> and I, it took me a long time to determine who I like wanted to work with as an ideal client. Usually service businesses. I'll say jujitsu is a service, not a not a product, but more B two B. Just because B2B is higher ticket, it's a different marketing, it's a different marketing uh, outlook usually, um, longer sales cycles, less less total volume of transactions, uh, often long, higher lifetime value, way higher cost of acquisition for a client. Um, these are some of the reasons why I like doing B2B, but you want to do B2B, like you're in B2B also. Well, I... Or is it B2B to C? Tell me kind of like the other client's your outlook on who your ideal client profile is and who you want to help. Obviously it's construction, but like that's a huge market in and of itself. Well, it's tough. I'd say until as of recent, it was B to B to C. It was, let me help construction companies reach potential employees. Mm-hmm. And that was pretty much it. Or like the employees they already have. Let me just, you know, kind of help grow social platforms and stuff like that. But then as of recent, that like, it's been, it's come to my attention that people also care about, you know, showing potential customers or brand. current customers. Yeah. Showing yeah. their brand off and their product off um, in hopes of getting a sale or creating relationships, obviously. Being so found. Yeah. And when, and when people know about them, looking up and being discovered and having something they're proud yeah. to share, right? Just kind of sharing. Construction companies have very unique stories most times because... They've been around for a while. They're very established, or there's always good stories behind them because it's it's a hard, hard business. It's a hard business to get into. It's not easy, and it's it's what I know. It's taking the experience mm-hmm. that I have the last few years and leveraging that into the next few Six, years. Uh, Sixty to eighty hours a week, every week for yeah. three years. Learned a lot from it. Yeah, wouldn't change anything. But you've been doing that same work ethic to videography and. And when I talk to other videographers, videography is a lot like, well, marketing and construction are similar insofar as 
there's all kinds of const- ways to do construction from framing to plumbing to electricity to excavating to you know building houses you name it tons of things you can do in construction with marketing it is if i just tell someone i'm a marketer it is like true but it is not precise or nearly accurate and with videography it's like a subset too like i'll talk to videographers who want to do like short films or get like netflix specials or they'll do like you know television commercials or they'll do like even some will do like youtube like things for vimeo or youtube just to host on a website but yours is unique because of your intersection with social media. So talk about your approach to videography and how that plays with social media. So, yeah, I'd say most of what I do is catered towards social media. I believe that's where all the attention is going to be, at least in the next 10 years. Like everything is filmed vertical, pretty much. Everything's short form content. Like that's what's hitting. I think pictures are dead. I personally think pictures are boring. I'm saying it now. I think pictures, I think photographers are, are dying. Pictures are still cool. Don't get me wrong. They're great for some things, but short form videos are just better. They show off whatever you're trying to show off better and give more context. So if a picture is worth a thousand words, a short video is worth more. Probably like a million. <laughs> <laughs> Exponentially more words or fewer words just said better. Um, one thing I find interesting about social media too is what used to be an incredibly effective strategy. I'll, again, I'm going to go back in my day, <laughs> but let's just talk 2013. You know, you, you get when the, the 08 housing crisis you mentioned before affected so much in the economy, but what was a weird consequence of it was the dot-com bubble and a ton of companies blew up at that period of time. So like, Google took over the market share, Facebook, Twitter, these other social platforms, you name it. Like the online businesses started to really shine. And with social media kind of growing at that time, it was still in its infancy. So in 2013, right, like you could just write. That was like pictures with posts on social were like the hack. It was like, oh, you can write, put this picture up there and write a caption. You're going to just, you're going to, you know, be fully optimized for Instagram, fully optimized your Facebook ad campaign sometimes didn't even have pictures. It was just text. And then you would like bring it to a WordPress landing page and be like, look at that, you know, super, super cheap. It's a you know, low barrier to entry. And then pictures and like infographics were huge in the mid 2010s, 2015, to, like 17 the infographics were huge, super shareable, super viral. So if you ever heard of a business called Buzzfeed, they would write like blog articles on a different website make Facebook content and they were just starting short. Like they were the pi- almost one of the pioneers of short form on social, but they were just driving traffic from Facebook to websites like either Buzzfeed or whatever and taking, you know, revenue off of like advertising. And then social media is like, Whoa, whoa, whoa. We won't want people off of our platform as much. So each social media channel sort of developed into its own like ecosystem there's so many social media channels now, especially with TikTok blowing up over COVID, which is all short. Like you can do static pictures, but like, good luck. Most of the ones that are static pictures are like a tweet. Again, I'm, I'm telling you stuff you already know, but for the listeners, most of the, the TikTok content out there is short form and you can use it on YouTube shorts, which used to not exist. And it's optimized for Instagram reels, which used to not exist. Right. So I mean, it's just I, a crazy yeah. period of time for what you're doing. Yeah. Because a lot of the marketing agencies, think about this, man. Like, 
If you go to Lancaster County alone market, now this is not indicative of the whole country, but like a lot of the ones, dot-com bubble, 1997 started, 1999 started, 2001 started. And they were like, hey, it's, it's websites, uh, SEO, and like Google ads. Like that's the kind of the service offering they had. And Google ads were brand new. Now, you know, how many, my, my point is there's so much different landscape, a huge opportunity for you. Oh, absolutely. And that's my whole thing is like, I don't even need to do my own research of that short content is like the new wave. I just need to look at some of the biggest social platforms that are already successful businesses that one company came in and changed the game completely and they all had to follow suit. So I already know it's the most important. So that's how I'm gearing all content is basically short form. So to talk about Lancaster BJJ and, and use that as a kind of a case study to describe what you've done. Um, one of the campaign strategies we had was kind of taking, like packaging an offer for prospective clients or customers or new gym members rather, figuring out, okay, what is the offer? You know, we, we decided on like a 30-day free trial because usually it's like a free class or, you know, like one day free or something like that. Like they get a try, like they can check it out one time which doesn't give you the full breadth of all the service offerings they have or whatever instructors, or if you get along with the culture, it's a lot of pressure. You know, it's a very short sales cycle for most jujitsu gyms. And we determine on like free jujitsu and we use Mark, the owner. But like when you were creating these ads, like you, you created how much creative copy in 30 days, like how many different ads did you produce, edit all that? I don't know off the top of my head. I want to say at least six. Wild. And in that period of time, I want to say that the all-in investment was like a thousand bucks on advertising spend, maybe, or was it less? Call it a thousand to round. I think to date, it's a thousand, maybe. Yeah, but that's 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 wild. That's you know, I talked to other videographers, and we're getting quotes for short form content. When I say short form, I mean between like two minutes and three minutes to do two videos, $20,000. And you're not only, you're not even, we're not talking about like the cost of creating the content. You're just saying like deploying it with hard costs on ad spend, $1,000. It's a game changer for businesses that may not, you know, otherwise be able to do it. So my, my question is like, what strategies or what tricks did you learn in that period of time that like ramped up results. Don't give us the magic, but just like how, what was your mindset behind it? I mean, I spend and have spent a lot of time consuming content for the last three to five years, if not longer. I mean, my whole life always, always grew up on. Yeah. I grew up in this age. So I've always been on YouTube, always been on Instagram the second the Instagram shorts, I, I spent a lot of time on it. Yeah. And so I'm very, I understand the, what needs to be put out to do well. Yeah. So then just kind of, I'm not trying to reinvent the wheel here. I'm no. just trying to apply it to industry. Yeah. And just change minute things to make it better, better perform, perform better. So, one of the, the interesting things that we, we found was like taking maybe a seven second clip of a cage fight. And then after 
like an event happens, throwing out like a three or four second clip of the owner saying the offer as quickly as possible. And like, yeah, it was a cool cage fight. I was there. Yeah. Um, another one would be like a, a popular meme. So Gail Lewis of Walmart. I love how one of the things is it's interesting. There's certain pages out there that I'll put like meme of the month. It's like, all right, well, this is just getting this person, Gail Lewis from Illinois, Walmart signs off, just quits Walmart and helps a local jujitsu gym get like 30 students off of it. Something like that. Wild. Yeah, that's, that's wild. But like you see something like that. And if you get a piece of content that goes that viral to see it in your feed again, you're just going to watch it again. Usually. Oh yeah. So like, throwing oh, what, are they gonna, what are they going to do yeah. next? Throwing an ad right off that. The same video in the beginning, throw an ad right off that. You probably already got them reeled in. Yeah. So you know they're going to watch it. That's the hardest part is getting people to watch the so stuff. So you keep a tab on current events oh, as yeah. they per- pertain to the internet. I I mean, I spend so much time on social media. I'm always always watching reels, always consuming content, always up with the trend. And investing in the technologies and the training at a, an early stage in the career where it's just like, all right, well, <clears throat> at least with Lancaster BJJ, it's like, you know, you over deliver on the creative and then you get the business result and you're like, look at that happy customer. You know yeah. what I mean? Well, you have to, you're either getting better or getting worse. If, yeah, if I take one successful creative and be like, Oh, well, we're just going to pump enough. that out a million times now for the next 10 years. I'm not going to be able to compete. Stale. But if I'm always up to date with the current trend, it's going to be hard to touch. So l- let me ask you, since uh, since we started working together at Lancaster BJJ, what has your business ownership journey been like? It's been probably pretty wild. Yes, I would say so. Um, I would say it started out on the slower side. And like I said before, like that's challenging for me because I'm used to working so hard to almost having not much to work on. I'm a grind, grind, grind type of guy. But when there's really nothing to grind on, you have to figure out what it is. Yeah. To do. Which is a skill in itself is I'm not a patient person. I had to learn patience, the most valuable skills, just staying in the fight, surviving entrepreneurship. Yeah. Which is something I still have to learn, just being patient giving time time it's hard for me to do but um also when it rains it pours uh as of recent it's been nothing but good and it's just how many signed ideal clients have you got in the last i don't know 45 days you don't have to say the names we don't want to put them on blast four four on top of the langster bjj yes and you have full pipeline of sales activity Yes, waiting to go. Waiting to you know get sign off approval. Yeah. What I want to tell everyone listening is like, if you do the proper inputs and take the activity needed, like, I'm not saying anyone can do it, right? But I'm saying is like it is doable to start a business and be up and running, off the ground, moving and grooving, flying high. Within 90 days. Absolutely. That's wild. I think by simply showing up, you already beat out at least half the competition. 
the entrepreneurs. Yeah. The ones who talk about it. Yeah. The what you do after that, okay, cool, you got your LLC. Cause I've been that guy. Cool, I got the LLC. Now what? Uh, business cards. All right, now what? Did you actually go out and do anything? Do you have a product? Are you doing stuff? Are so you... a lot of people know you have a product. Yeah. Like I did a lot of stuff for free in the beginning to make myself known. Like I can't, I can't charge for something if they don't know what it's about. Yeah, and if you don't feel really confident in your deliverable, yeah, now, you got now you have the confidence. You've got results. Yeah, you got to put your reps in. Yeah. You got to put down your uh, ignorance debt, as Alex Ramos would say. He would say pay a lot down. of things. Yeah, but that's... so what's the, what's the goal for twenty four? You know, we're almost at the new year. What do you want? What do you want forefront to to be like? This I'll, this time, twelve months from now. I want it to be big enough that I have to hire someone after the first quarter. So quarter but, two, hire an employee full time. Yes, and then hundred k top line, but. Men. Men, yeah. I would say that's like honestly a uh a very attainable, attainable goal. goal. Yeah, I need especially to, at this pace, right? So, yeah, this pace. I need to set something higher. Higher. It's more You got like a week and a half. You can set something before the year. Yeah. I definitely will. Um I think after the first month I'll have like a, a more dialed in, like, okay, this is gonna be the goal. Yeah, this Working is... Working on goal setting now. It's yeah. your first time doing goal setting for your own business. Yes. It's exciting stuff. Well, I'll uh, I'll give you a shout out on this podcast. For those that are listening on audio only, that's totally fine. I'll actually start be able to let you watch if you want to do that. Uh, Nathan had a huge part in getting me to, to get over my phobia almost of video. And you know, going back on YouTube make it about me. My journey was I had a Canon rebel six TI. I think it was the camera model that only ever did like 25 minutes of video at a time before it overheated and the SD card, like just couldn't handle it. And I didn't realize like how to hook the audio up and mix it. So I was using the internal microphone of a camera and on that YouTube channel, I think we had like 2,500 downloads on a, you know, maybe a couple dozen episodes. It was fun. I just didn't know what I was doing. And I was never like, oh, I'm going to learn how to be a videographer. And then I had uh, someone kind of help with some video experience. We had two cameras, similar to that. Still use the old can- the old uh, Canon. Had maybe 30 episodes recorded. Something like 2,500 downloads again in that ballpark. And you know, we were mixing some video, doing some different cuts and angles. But still, I think we, we might have used like a Blue Yeti microphone just on the table. You know, like yeah. interesting, but like still, and we only did YouTube, so we didn't have any audio. And then now in the last year, my, we're on, this is episode 56, I think. And I'm finally getting YouTube. I feel like the right way with the right camera set up after, you know, helping me out there. So big thanks to you on that. Um, we'll definitely 10 out of 10 would leave a Google review of five stars. So I guess my last question, you know, I'll have for you on this episode is uh, if you could if you could meet one social media influencer that sort of helped you out and be like, yeah, let's hang out and chop it up, talk business, as like an in-person mentor, you know, just to hang out and be like, give thanks or pick their brain, who would you who would you pick? I mean, you probably already know what I'm going to say. I'd have to go with Alex Hormozzi. I mean, he's just someone that, in a world of so many gurus and people trying to sell you stuff, 
he's just someone that keeps it real, gives his best stuff away for free. I don't think he charges anyone for anything. I mean, his books are on Spotify for all free. His, all of his information. Yeah, all, yeah. Of his, all of his information's free, and he pretty much just breaks it down from a fundamental standpoint and makes it very easy to understand, as well as just, like, gives you the roadmap. He's like, this is basically, it's going to work exactly like this. It's just, you got to put in the work. Nice. All right, last question. That was kind of a, a little white lie. Where can people find you if they want to contact you, get some, you know, video, social media work done, some shorts? How do people get in hold of you? I am on Instagram at Forefront Media. How do you spell that? Four, as in the number, F-R-N-T-M-E-D-I-A on Instagram. All right. And then you're on LinkedIn too, Nathan Williams? Absolutely. LinkedIn. All right. Find you on social. That's what you do. Thanks so much for your time and your help, man. I'm really looking forward to seeing uh, what happens for you in 24. And uh, it's a, it's impressive to me to see someone at 21 take the action you've taken and start to see the, the results of your, of your work. So I want to congratulate you and encourage you to keep it up. I appreciate that. Thank you for having me.